and welcome to the first, this is so exciting, the first episode of the Pro Painted Podcast. Um, I'm sure you can tell my excitement in my voice already. Um, I'm joined, enjoy, enjoying, enjoying the company of my two ever so sexy hosts, of which we have Rob, don't call me Rod Ellis. Hi guys. You alright mate, how are you? Good, thank you. Good. Very, very... Sorry, gone. You literally just rushed in the door and fucking delayed us already? Yeah, well, you know, got a job to do and I've got to keep the uh, money coming in. I said for a minute to Ian that I think you're just going to be the diesel. Oh, good God. Don't tell me that brush (laughs) already. You're only like, what, five minutes in? (laughs) And um, also joined by doctor, apparently is the correct term, Ian Gilmore. Hello. Hi. How are you, Matt? I'm good, mate. Good. I'm very, very pleased to be getting getting this going. And um, yeah, I mean, welcome to um, our little podcast. Um, I would, you haven't introduced yourself yet. Who are you? Do I really need? I mean, I, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just expecting people know who I am. I don't know. Um, maybe it will be an amazing miracle and we'll get 100% new listeners. That would be pretty sweet. Um, but I'm Matthew Lyons, uh, formerly Lee, because I'm weird and changed my last name. Um, and I've been on the Black Sun podcast over the years. Um, obviously, one of the main reasons why we're doing this is because of people like Chris and Gary at the age of Sigbra putting in amazing work, putting out podcasts. They're my influence. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I guess you could say so. I mean, um, yeah, they're a big part of what got me back into the hobby. Obviously, uh, the podcast age was upon us when I when I got back in, and yeah, they're a very inspirational bunch, along with uh, a lot of other guys going, doing good work as well. So um, hopefully, we'll be good enough to someday join their hallowed ranks. <laughs> yeah, I think we've got maybe a, you, it's going to take a little bit of time to find our feet, I think, and kind of work our sweet chemistry out and you know, get the sound quality right and all that. But, you know, we've we've got things set up. I think we can crack on and entertain people. Well, to be fair, some of them haven't set the bar very high, have they? So, um, you know, I, I don't, a couple of episodes in and we should be fine. Yeah, yeah. And it's always nice yeah. to give a thank you and stuff out to people like Chris because he loves a good podcast wank off. <laughs> <laughs> he gets up with painting noms now, doesn't he? Oh, we'll get on to that later. <laughs> So just out of interest to both of you, I mean, what, as we know, this started really because, um, I mean, I was looking to do something. I'd done a couple of YouTube videos, hadn't done anything particularly well, just kind of dicked about really. Um, had the opportunity to go on a couple of other podcasts, but it didn't quite work out for me. Um, and then just randomly through Twitter, as as per the blog post, um, Gary just suggested that we do a podcast together i mean what what were your guys thoughts when you saw that i can't remember seeing that <laughs> did we just include you just straight off the bat yeah yeah i think so i can't remember seeing ambivalent. i can't remember seeing carrie's tweet i think i think ron just said yes for me so it was fine it's worked out well okay good rob what was your thoughts then for yourself and ian uh, yeah, speaking on behalf of uh, us, uh, like a couple, I guess, a couple. Not, not um, no, uh, um, yeah, no, I think I just 
you know, obviously we're, well, I say we, um, I, I can't really speak for Ian, but I know myself and you are both very opinionated and we've had many a chat around the fire at the last couple of Boston, or obviously the last couple, uh, the two before last. And I think, uh, you know, given our sort of skill set between the three of us, you two mainly, but we, we can bring a lot to the, to the scene. And I think it's something that when we put the feelers out there on Twitter, we got quite a good, you know, few responses from, from a lot of the community about putting something like this together and perhaps having a, a slightly different take than a lot of the guys out there. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, podcasts out there that have their own USPs, as it were. And I think we, we, we could fill a niche that perhaps no one else is. So, yeah, really looking forward to sort of growing this. And, um, you know, as I said to you before, during our Skype tests over the last couple of weeks, I'm kind of the, I don't really deserve to be on it, but you two are, uh, are certainly got the pedigree um, to sort of do something like this. And uh, can't wait to see, you know, can't wait to build it going forward. I mean, Rob, from my perspective, I mean, talking about not having the pedigree to be on this, mate, the, n- nobody I know does conversions because yours are not kit bashes you know sometimes conversions and kit bashes get confused nobody does conversions like you and i'm sure that ian would agree as well that you've probably got more likes on twitter combined from one bloody photo than we've probably had in about a week or two months worth of work right now i just want to that last sort of little bit by me there a little disclaimer that wasn't me fishing for you two to wank me off about my conversions um oh it wasn't i'll take it back then you know, and, and just a, a quick thing, and not sort of go off on too much of a tangent in our inter- introductions, but you know, I, I've you know only recently finished you know my first full army, and I, I know how hard it is to to sort of get these sort of projects finished. And I think that that's probably what I meant more by that was that you guys are so consistent, and there's a lot of guys out there as well that deserve all the credit that they get. And I think um, just from that side of things, having completed armies and being on the scene with that type of stuff, that's something that I'm quite new to, I guess, and. You know, it's all well and good sitting in, in, in my little hobby room and knocking out conversions, but actually having a uh, dedication to just just to see a project through is something that you two are obviously miles ahead um, the, uh, of me at this point. But watch this space. Um, watch, you know, South Coast 2018. Here I come with my second army. Brilliant, brilliant. Are you sure you did say 2018, right? Not like 2025. No, yeah, yeah okay. it's a hundred percent. Well, to be honest, you've yeah. kind of you, you've kind of hit the nail on the head in regards to introductions, there, mate. Um, I think that's a pretty good overview. Is there anything in particular? You know what? You know what's your background? I mean, you, you've mentioned an, an army. We've hinted at conversions. What what's your thing? If people haven't stumbled across your work before, I think just um, I've always. Well, I've, I've been told in the past that, you know, I've had quite a good imagination and quite good at visualising the sort of things that I, I want to do. And I, mean, I guess the, the, the main reason why I, I enjoy converting so much is that I've already got something there. Um, I, I'm not a, a good, if you were to ask me to sit down and, and draw perhaps a conversion from scratch on a bit of paper, I'm, I, I'm not a very good drawer in that regard Um I think just having a base model to work with and perhaps making it more dynamic or just a bit of a post off it all sort of starts from there. But um, you know, come just there's always a theme behind the conversion. There's always a reason why I've done them. Um, with the chaos stuff, it was uh, and with the silverness stuff as well. It was, it was a like a reimagining of an, perhaps of an older figure using current models and the fact that things are a bit more easier to convert with being plastics and all the rest of it. So. Yeah, I guess that's 
that's where you know my imagination uh, you know probably takes takes effect and and uh, and uh, you know I come up with stuff like that and it's, it's I'm always I've always got some sort of inspiration I mean I, you know I, I've done you know my my uh, when I was in college and and some of my earlier career is all in sort of advertising and marketing and design and stuff and you always look for sort of people look for inspiration in in, in every in everyday life and luckily we've got sort of 30 years of um you know rich sort of back history in warhammer that you can think look at a figure and go well i wonder what that would look like in you know using that model instead you know a, a more recent one or something so yeah it's it's it's, it's easier to well, i guess it not sounds sort of you know i don't know sort of sound facetious but it, it to me it's easier to reimagine something and come up with a conversion based on that than to just just randomly coming up with something like yeah, um i agree you, I, 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 it sounds i don't know if that sounds weird or no not or at all i think it's coherent at all i think they're valid points to take um that you know it is that's what you're doing it's not just a conversion you're you are reimagining something and yeah it's a very good point about about the plastics as well what we'll do we'll hit back on that because interestingly enough we've we have got listener questions which Oh my God, you guys are amazing. Really, really happy with both the speed and the questions that people were asked. Really, really chuffed, guys. Um, so we've got a couple of those we'll cover. Not We cannot, cannot cover all of them on this episode, um, but we will do so. Particularly Rob, the airbrushing, will do quite a nice chunk of that, along with the blog posts um, as well at a later time. Um, and well, I think that pretty, pretty well, that does a really good job of introducing you there, Rob. Um, Ian, if you want to stop being fucking quiet and um, tell us who are you and what the fuck are you doing here? Um, I'm Ian and I'm a painter and I've been a painter for about 25 years, something like that. So I was very um, heavily influenced by the GW style. So I paint quite a lot in the Mike McVeigh style, so quite clean, quite um, techy, I suppose. That's interesting. I, I hadn't thought of that. That's, I get yeah. that. I get it. I get it. Um, so it's something that I've been practicing for a long time, and I'm quite good at it now. So I'm quite happy with where I'm at the moment. I did um, coin the phrase "box art wanker." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So that's quite true. Because I try to um, not necessarily copy the color schemes, but the style. Okay. Which is, yeah, quite, but um, dabble in a bit of conversion work, um, but not to the same level as Rob. Um, just, you know, minor stuff mainly. Um, I, but yeah, I, it's just churning out armies at the moment. I mean, I'd probably argue your green stuff skills, similar level as Rob's, I'd say. Um, the Nurgle stuff's mm, fucking impressive, some of that. Yeah, it's not as, it's not as clean. Just yeah, cocks and fannies, though, isn't it? To be fair, I mean, cocks, eyes, and fannies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You> <laughs> <try> and... <laughs> I'll be the cock. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's yeah. I've been you know just paint paint a lot, and I've been lucky enough to you know have won a few prizes over the years as well for it. So. Yeah, it's not really much luck involved in that, bud. Um, what 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 no. what, the, what are the big prizes you've taken away? Um, I've won South Coast twice for best army at AOS. Oh, I was going to say, I thought you won the event then. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, um, I've won 
There's a GW event, a few bits and bobs, Clash of Swords, another big one. So, yeah. yeah. No, you yeah. you have got a, so a fine pedigree. Yeah, I'd right. breed with Not you bad. any day of the week. <laughs> if, Cheers, I were, if, if I was a dog, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, me, um, yeah, um, I'm a bit of an all-rounder, really. Um, it's the painting that kind of brought me into the hobby. Um, and it was GW Bunker and the Dockers recently. It's really got me into the gaming side of things. Um, and, I, you know, same as you guys, I pretty consistently compete for best painting. Um, I've won awards over the years, um, most recently with, for example, my, my Cthulhu-themed Nurgle Army, which took um, Cordist Army at South Coast. Ha 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 ha, Steve Foot. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, that that was an amazing journey in of itself. Um, I've got a massive Chaos Army now, which has been painting, uh, sorry, which I've been painting pretty much since AOS hit. Um, I've actually sold some bits off, and it's still sat in my cupboard, just just all in its painted glory and taking up numerous shelves. Um, and I'm I'm what what you'd probably call a technical painter. Um, I kind of learn a technique and apply it. Um, refine it, make it as quick as possible. So, you know, props to GW for the Duncan videos that the techniques you could pick off of those. Jesus, they're, they're just amazing. Um, to the point, why do people even bother? And if you're not, if you're not Duncan putting painting videos out, why, why even bother? Um, they shut them out at a prodigious rate. They're very good as well. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah that's a bit about me Um, I mean one of the things I will want to mention as well is someone and something that's been a a big support and I've really enjoyed painting their models over the last couple of years uh, is Mersha Miniatures um, who they are I'm proud to announce are our first sponsors Um, Tim over there has just been fantastic over the years Um, I've got some amazing models off him and genuinely they are amazing you know they, they are resin models they always need a bit of work you know they are expert level kits but no, painting painting a Mersham model, there's nothing else like it. It's it, it's just like painting a canvas. The detail is just phenomenal. Um, so if you want to take a look at them, I won't bang on about them too much. Although I'm sure Tim will like a good wanking off as well. Um, Top lad as well. I met him at Tomorrow Burns, and he's uh, well. Had a, I think I probably bumped into him before then, but actually had a chat with him and Tommy B, and yeah, he's a really sound guy as well. So yeah, I've got a couple of his stuff, but yeah. And he's yeah. prodigious army painter, won awards himself. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he's the godfather of what we call the concept army nowadays, at least I consider him to be. Um, but their website is over at www. So it's mersha-miniatures.com. Um, I'll spell it because why not, I guess. So it's M I E rce miniatures.com um, and on a side note as well they've literally just released uh, another kickstarter they do these quite often um, this one is very different this is their dark holds ancient barrows uh, kickstarter it's actually a board game um, 68 miniatures it's got in the box and they're mercia ones and they're plastic but top end board game level production plastics um, i mean just t- just take a look at it just literally google i'll put a link in the show notes but google dark holds um kickstarter it just looks fantastic it's set in old england it's all based around legends you know you've got adventurers going down into uh, their undead race which is the jutes it, it just looks fantastic i take take a look watch the video and you get an awful lot of stuff i mean if you if you pledge to it 
Um, with the stretch gold, I reckon you can probably get a full AOS army, like an undead AOS army out of it when it releases. It's that many models in it. Sounds amazing. Yeah, it, it really does. I'd, 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 well, I'd get you two to look at it, to be honest. I, I'm pledging. No, no. No shadow of a doubt. I'll be putting my own money where my mouth is. Um, but yeah, so anyway, that, that's that's Mercia. And really, to be honest, what I wanted to talk about is really just the goals of the podcast itself. Um, and again, I think this has been echoed by the questions we've been asked, is that we are aware of the podcast and we've been on them where they've sat there and you talk about all your games and everything. You, you talk about the hobby overall. You know, you talk about the events and tournaments you go to. And I think between the three of us and talking, we've all been quite keen to, to actually talk. It's, it's tough, actually, really, isn't it, to separate it because it's all a hobby. But we want to talk about the hobby bit of the hobby. Does that makes <laughs> yeah. sense. It kind of hobby? makes sense. Yeah. It's the, weird, isn't it? The pi- yeah, the painting and modelling. Yeah, the painting and modelling. But it's not just, you know, it isn't just the painting and modelling. There's a lot. I think there's a lot more to it than that as well. But yeah it's it's kind of like you buy hobby tools don't you but you don't yeah but if you play games you buy gaming aids so i think um i mean even i know we've me and ian it's a bit of an ongoing joke with he and i especially when he was living down this way and we used to meet up on a wednesday for a uh, i'm doing air quotes now um hobby <laughs> evening yeah. where it just where it just end up you know, Ian frustratingly trying to crack on with at least something, and you know we've already made a trip down to Bargain Booze, and I'm sat there, you know, half a pack of Cause Light in, um, you know, just talking hobby. But to me, mm. like especially from you know what I do and what I like, what not what I do, but what I enjoy the most, you know, talking about sort of concepts and coming up with ideas. Um, you know, as as we said the other day, you know, it's um, you know the execution is just. The sort of, that's almost like just getting it done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like having to, to me having this conversation, oh, wouldn't that be a cool idea? Wouldn't that model work well with that? You know, to, you know, having the, those sort of chats and and stuff really sort of galvanises any sort of projects that I might want to do. And hopefully, if we, if I can, I mean, from you know, if, if I can impart a little bit of that sort of inspiration to people or you know anything like that, you know that would be job done for me. You know, that's what, kind of what I want to get out of it and just just have a chat with some mates about cool stuff, you know. That's that's what we're that's what we did in the hobby for at the end of the day, isn't it, you know? Yeah. No, I, I agree. And, you know, simply that's one of the reasons, really, to be honest, why podcast. I, I really like podcasts because I get to sit there, sat on my computer, it's playing away in the background while I'm doing hobby, and it gives you ideas. Um, yeah. What about you, Ian? What's your if you could take one goal away from doing this podcast, you know, what, what, what's your focus? What do you want to bring? Um, I quite want to give an incentive to finish new stuff. So push myself doing things I would normally paint. Okay. So getting away from just armies and yeah. painting the odd, like random model to show a technique or mm-hmm. to um, learn a new technique and impart what I've learned. So it's kind of using it to develop some of the skills I haven't as yet got. Okay, so and, a bit of a personal goal with the podcast as well then, really. Yeah, but then if I learn from mistakes and tell people about the mistakes, then other people should be able to learn from them as well. So saving, potentially saving people time by learning from my errors. Such yeah. a humanitarian, aren't you, Ian? I am, yeah. He's he's a giver, a full-on giver. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I can attest to that. <laughs> God. Um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, I similar vein for me as well. I mean, one of the things I 
Well, it's quite cool. Um, a lot of people talk to me about the South Coast Best Army, uh, sorry, Coolest Army now. Um, and one of the things I was quite keen to import is that actually, actually what Ian was just saying, that I went through this horrible process and I can give people advice on, well, it was an amazing process, but the horrible part was when shit went wrong. When it went wrong, it went fucking wrong. Um, and you can watch all the YouTube videos in the world, but and you can read the blog posts. But sometimes it's just good to have someone talk about actually what what, what errors, you know, what mistakes did you make, what didn't work out the way you wanted it to, um, why you use nails too long to go through the bottom of the board so it cracked all your resin, those kind of errors. Um, and I think people get a lot from it. And again, you know, hit back to the questions we've been asked. There's people. I'm really happy that we've chosen this topic because people have got loads of questions about it you know all sorts of different things to discuss so that's pretty amazing anyway we're going to take a little break there and then we're just going to um kind of give you an overview of the hobby we're working on uh and then the main main meat of this is probably going to be me talking a fair bit um but giving a review of a tournament i was at um this past weekend so back after the break Right, welcome back from that little break. Um, so we just wanted to cover what we're working on at the moment. And I know Ian was pretty keen to talk about all the sweet stuff he's painting. So what have you been working on, bro? Uh, talk about bloody Nazis now, <laughs> any? Oh, don't. That's don't, my topic, mate, Charlottesville. This is a fucking AOS podcast. You leave all that bolt all action right. conflict 47 stuff <laughs> to uh, to Scott Lyons and his boss minis. All right. Um, yeah, yeah, come on. Get, regale us with AOS love. So I'm... I'm currently working through my, I've got a massive destruction army, which I need to rebase and paint. So I'm start working through that. So I'm going to, I'm not sure what I'm going to do next. I bought the Beast Claw Raiders book because I'm cutting edge filth, you know. <laughs> um, seven books behind the meta. And, nice. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm going to get that and, and I think I'm going to do the, I don't know, actually. Just rebasing generally. Yeah. I think I'm going to do some rock trolls next, I think. Rock, rock trolls? What the fuck's a rock yeah. troll? Or is it stone trolls? The Tro- you mean a trogoth? Oh, yeah. Well, yes. Sorry. <laughs> so, so you're rebasing those? Yeah. Okay. So I got about... Um, I got about 4,000 points to rebase, wow. which is going to... I think I'm going to do for the next six months, slowly. <laughs> um, Jesus. But I'm also going to do some, I've got some plans for doing some, adding extra bits for uh, Blackout and Face Hammer. Okay. So just trying to add the odd model here and there. Yeah. But, um, yes, it's it's quite dull but worthy at the moment. It's just yeah. tuning, tuning out snow well, basing. Well, it's good that you've got a base you can work from and you can keep growing so it's all going to be on the the, the snow basing the same as your iron jaws yeah yes so yeah so it's so it's um yeah a lot of it's just going to be plonked straight onto those bases um some of the ogre stuff i need to rip off the old um because i put britannian um the covers on the come on what they called barding on the stone horns and all right Montan, so i need to rip that off and um um, re-sculpt and make sure they, they don't look shit before rebasting it. Can I ask a quick question? Um, yeah. Sorry about him. Um, we, obviously, with a lot of your, your your Ogre Army that you had in uh, Warhammer Fantasy, obviously, like you said, it's a 
Bretonian themed and there's a lot of really complex conversions you actually did in that with like the jesters and the, the maiden and everything are yeah. you actually going to I noticed on some of the ogres that you did you just sort of repainted their pants to match the sort of iron jaw theme you you're going to go full on with all the models are you going to sort of keep some aside for prosperity or um, I don't think I'm going to touch the characters right so I did a um, damsel ogre as a like a butcher and two fire bellies as like jesters and a standard bearer with an impaled horse as the banner. So they're going to, I'm just going to leave them because they're too old edition for AOS. Yeah, I think that's, um, that's interesting. That's an interesting point. I didn't know you were doing that, but I kind of get what you mean. Like it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it fits anymore. No, it just doesn't. Yeah. Cause it's the old sort of, um, absorbing other cultures has gone from the background not so, tempted to like swap it out with stormcast bits or something like that no just not no just no not just shut, shut yeah. up yeah just let me do what i want yeah just um because a lot of it's just i just want to do it quickly so i can move on to new stuff fair enough and so it's um we'll say i'm that's, going to i was going to say so, say that's done you've rebased it all yeah What's your what's your initial thoughts on what you're doing after that then? Oh, I don't know. I've got too much choice. That's fine. Leave it that. Any, um, anything at the top of the pile at the moment? A little tease, want, teaser for later this year. I really want to do a stormcast army. Okay. Like it can only be the extremist chamber because I don't want to paint any infantry. I only want to paint dragons. All, all dragons, dragons. Okay, cool. Well, we'll leave yeah. it at that. No, don't you don't you you've given you've given them a, a, a little a little. Kind of hint of what's tease. going on. Yeah, a little yeah. teaser, a little tease. And what about you, Rob? What what are you working on at the moment? As if we didn't already know, but you can tell people anyway. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I'm not sure how many people um, I've, I've explained the overall concept uh, of my army in the truest sense of the word, not a, a, a dry brush with uh, odd highlight here and there concept army, but. Um, the actual concept behind my army was to it was it was born out of um, the whole sideboard stuff that uh, Mo Comp had originally um, was to have uh, a thousand points of ever chosen and then a thousand points of each god okay. and it's uh, um, but then the idea I wasn't going to use the Archeon model as Archeon because that'd be too simple um, but the whole concept is based on a, and, and I'm sure some of the uh, well hopefully we get listeners but some of the guys listening to this uh, I know Sam uh, Davis was talking to him about it when we drove down to Partners in Chaos but uh, Marvel um, did a what if or still do do like a what if series uh-huh. uh, of, of comics I think DC do them as well yeah, what um, Punisher Kills the World that's one I'm aware of yeah yeah. Or, or the one I think the, the, one of the coolest ones was um what if uh, uh, el uh, landed in uh, Gotham and uh, ended you, up becoming sorry. Batman? Sorry, you, you said cool and then kind of talked about DC characters? <laughs> That's quite cool. Superman as Batman is quite a cool concept. But anyway, uh, I, I digress. Um, so it was all based around, the idea was based around what if uh, Bellacore actually um, managed to... Uh, get all the artifacts and become the ever chosen 
and okay. um, doing a model based uh, around a, an upscaled Bellacore. Um, That's awesome. Sort of roughly the sort of same, and this is to lead on to a point later on in the podcast. A leader, um, pretty much the same sort of size as Magnus the Red, so like a, a really big um, version of him, um, using sort of certain parts that are out there at the moment, um, and have Varengard, uh, eight Varengard, obviously four of uh, two of each god, and then um, his uh, the, the thousand points of each god then be led by a reimagining of an old uh, classic Chaos character. So, um, as everyone's probably seen, uh, the Egrim Van Horseman uh, conversion that I've, I've done from the Carmine Dragon, and um, pretty much scratch-built an Egrim himself to ride it, with, along with the saddle and all the rest of it, and again, trying to use part, you know, keep it... You know, there's a lot of sort of tie-ins from... Uh, there's, there's only one or two bits of actual sort of modern artwork of him. There's one that there's a book that uh, GW did, like a novel, um, and there's a sort of picture of uh, him on his dragon on the front of that. Um, but sort of a couple of visual cues to the old model. Um, for the Siege contingent, um, Arbor the Undefeated, which is the corn guy on the big flesh hound, which is a bit, you know, uh, it's sort of looking back on it with the. Uh, rose-tinted glasses when you actually see them all these yeah, days. Shocking. It looks a bit rubbish. Um, but I, I'm, so, I'm somewhat tempted by him, so, you know, I'm glad yeah, you're doing Yeah, I mean, yeah, and sort of, well, I, I've got an idea of, uh, I managed to get hold of a, a spare corn Archeon head, uh, Dorgar, the mount head, and sort of using that, sort of mashed up with a, you know, there's so many corn bits now, you know, mm. obviously with the juggernauts and all the bloodbound stuff that, you know, I was going to knock, knock one of them out and um, a reimagine of, of Valkyr as well, based on the Saint Celestine model. Um, cool. For 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 the corn. Uh, yeah, Sigvald. Um, everyone's going to be nicking on my ideas, man. But the, for the, for the yeah, <laughs> for but Zinch, mate, no, um, nobody's going to be executing him like you. There's very few people who've got the skills. Like, well, if I went, uh, I'm going to convert Egrim van Hosman, it ain't going to look anywhere near yours. Oh, thanks, mate. Um, but the, the uh, uh, Sigfeld using the I can't remember the is it the Vizark from the Eldar Triumvirate box okay. Okay. Um, sort of like more ornate armour but where they the one thing that sort of led me to use that um, model was on the armour plates there's there, like the Eldar faces mm-hmm. on the armour plates I thought it would be quite easy to put a bit of green stuff around them to look like they're stretched faces a la kind of like sort of Fabius Biles cloak kind of thing. So he's got like these sort of stretched skin faces around over his armour and stuff. It'd be quite cool and slaneshy. Um And then for Nurgle, I've actually come up with a bit of a stumped a little bit with Nurgle as to what to do. I know there was a, uh, an old character, something the Reaper, uh, which was just a, um, just a guy, just a, a just a chaos lord type character, so not very sort of overly imposing um, as, yeah, a, as no, a figure. That's an, that's an interesting one, actually. I, I I honestly can't think of anything that jumps jumps. You've got mind. like, yeah. You I mean you've got obviously the the they kind of re, you've got Valkyr and and yeah. Sigvald, which are sort of a bit more further on in the future. But when you go way back, you've got. Like uh, there's that that, that um, cursed elf princess who's got the serpentine body, something that denied Dreyche, one. Of, Dreyche, yeah, the, the killer. Yeah, the um, did you just say? Uh, yeah, the killer. 
Is it Kylo or Jakai? It's one of those things where no one ever fucking pronounces it out loud, do they? So we all call it completely different things. I would say, just to jump in very quickly, talking about Nurgle, if anyone does think of anything, just just hit us up on on the Twitter feed, uh, which we've got at Pro Painted Podcast. Um, Let Rob know. I can't think of anything. So if anyone can think of anything, that that would be legit. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they, with um, that uh, Michaela um, denied one. <laughs> Michaela's denied. Um, well, I've, I had that Demon Princess on there that I was working on based off of the Medusa, and obviously she's got a Medusa body, so perhaps repurpose that. Um, but yeah, the, the, it's going to be very little in the way of sort of. I, I guess I, I, I don't think you can probably get away from synergizing now with all the different units that are available and stuff. It's not going to be a very competitive army, but. I kind of just wanted to do a series, you know, the, the army itself is going to just be an excuse almost to do a series of miniatures that represent a story, that represent yeah. a narrative. Um, you know, you have Bellacore, which uh, I've kind of ground to a halt with that one because I've got a, quite an ambitious um, idea for the base, which I can't seem to execute. And I think I might have to, I've got a friend that I work with, I say a friend, a work colleague, in work, who, who yeah, who's, who's um, he, he's extremely good with sort of computer programming and 3D modeling and stuff. So I might have to get him to knock something up in in a program and try and translate that into real life. But nice. the idea that the idea that I've got for his base is um, have you seen you know, the old Channel Four idents um, that they had where you'd see like a, a roller coaster or. A, a set of skyscrapers or something and from a certain angle they wouldn't look like much but then it, from another angle you'd see the channel 4 logo right, as it turned as it panned around um i was going to do an exploding uh, couple of uh, an ex- exploding realm gate on his base that he's almost rising out from but when you look at it from sort of uh, top down almost 45 degree angle you can see the the eight pointed chaos star but from any other angle, it just looked, it would look like an exploding realm gate. Um, so I've uh, yeah, I've tried to tried to do that manually, and it hasn't quite worked out yet. But that's wow. that's going to be the sort of centerpiece of the whole thing, and just having a just again just having an excuse to do the army to you know do all these sort of character models, and you know that, that and it would be nice because you know if, if they as and when they do release you know stuff for Slanesh and. You know, with all these great sort of corn Nurgle and Zinch models that they have released over the last year and a half or so, yeah. it's an excuse to pick up some of them, you know, paint up a bit of battle line, um, you know, some some sort of units here and there, and and just be able to plug and play sort of the the thousand points with the Archeon sort of, uh, and the Varangard and do it like that, and then it just means you know, it's a it's a project I can dip in and out of, you know, if I fancy doing the Nurgle, obviously with all the new stuff from from 40k um there's some great miniatures there that you could you could potentially repurpose and obviously the reveal of the mortarian figure um is is quite good so there's there's loads loads of stuff going on and and it just it's just nice because you can sort of think you know in your spare day a bit of downtime work you sort of just think oh well you know you're always thinking about the hobby and always thinking about these ideas and how you're going to execute them is to me that's that's sort of the biggest thing and, and what I enjoy the most, and that's what I've got going on at the moment, I guess. Well, I feel pretty fucking inadequate after all that. I don't know about you, Ian. <laughs> yeah. fucking, I do, yeah. Basing. See, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, yin and yang. 
Yeah, you're doing the basing and Rob's fucking reimagining I'm... every old GW Chaos model. Yeah, I'm finishing an army and Rob is doing going on an ending project. So we should see the results in 2025, something like that. Mate, if, if, to be fair, if he gets that army done for South Coast next year, I will I will eat a dick. <laughs> I literally, I, it'd be amazing, but yeah. Well, yeah I, t- I tell you, I tell you what, this is probably another thing that we could probably put to the public vote is obviously do the RK on 1,000 points and which, which god do I... Obviously, I'd like people to vote each because I, you know, I can't rock up with five thousand points, can I? Okay. <laughs> Point reduction, mate. Be fine. You're taking all this shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I d- d- don't put it out to the vote. Just do fucking zinch. We need to keep you focused yeah. as it is anyway. Zinch, zinch, right. zinch, yes. zinch. Yeah. Cool. Um. Well, after all that, fucking hell. Uh, me. What am I working on? So I had a bit of a uh, think about what I'm doing at the moment because. As I said, I've got quite a large Chaos army. I've got the Nurgle all done as well, as well as my kind of Bloodbound-focused corn. Um, we've got Blackout, which has been mentioned already. So Blackout is a tournament run by Chris Tomlin of the Black Sun podcast, obviously a great friend of all of us. Um, it's his first event in Cardiff, which is amazing. Cardiff is like the best place for tournaments. Um, great venue, great location. We're in the Travel Lodge. It's next door to Walkabout and the... Um, and the weather spoons for breakfast, and it's a short walk down to the venue. So that's I like, can't wait. It's like three, like three weeks. It's not even three weeks. Wait, it's crazy. Um, yeah. Anyway, since the the Blades of Corn book hit, I've got a list I really like, um, but it does require me to paint about fifteen and finish five models. So it's quite a lot. Um, but it's also going to be the first event using General Handbook. 2017 or two um which is good obviously i've have changes and things in there so i've been really umming and ahhing about what i'm going to do and i've just recently finished getting 1000 points which includes a star drake of stormcast done for the doubles event i'll cover in a minute and um so i was kind of like well do i paint another thousand points of stormcasts or do i add the corn bits i need to do and i'm like I've just spent the last two, three weeks rushing to get these Stormcast stuff done. And I've just decided that I've got enough painted models at the moment. Take what you've got. Now, that may well change when General's Handbook 2 comes out. And I see all the sweet stuff that I could do. We'll never know. But that's the plan at the moment. So, blackout, nothing. Then, we've got Facehammer. Which um, is run the Element Games venue. It's at the end of September. Um, you know, it's a long journey for me, but it's a really top event and they do the painting and everything really, really well. Um, and I've decided I'm going to finish my Iron Horde Warcraft inspired mixed destruction army. So this came from um, basically I just stole the idea. I'm, 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 I'm unashamed, just stole it. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find the guy's um, kind of Twitter tag now. I think he's a bit of a gamer as well. I notice he puts a lot. It's like fizzy or something. Um, but anyway, he he put a photo out of a mega boss that he converted into a um, character from the Iron Horde in Warcraft, a guy called Blackhand. So he's basically a mega boss in battered armor, massive hammer. There's loads of grills on it. He's on fire. He's got flames coming out everywhere. He did a great work on it, and I just said, I'm, I'm literally stealing that. Um, yes, the guy is, it's, it's, I think it's Fuzzy, P H Y Z Z Y, at Stay Fuzzy on Twitter. 
Um, and I said, look, I'm nicking it. And he was fine with that. So I'm working on my version of that at the moment. So the idea is, if you, if you can visualize it, it's going to be a mixed destruction army in a similar vein as my Augers, uh, which were uh, my previous army. They were all um, Ogres with green skin heads. Uh, particularly yeah. knobheads. Hoi hoi, lads, lads. Knobheads. <laughs> um, and it was an army I really did love, uh, but I got rid of it as the last edition dropped. Um, stunning, stunning army, by the way. I don't know, it was, no, it was a stunning. Was a, there was a lot of, lot of shortcuts. It was all about the conversion work and the overall look. But anyway, um, so same thing here. So everything in the army is going to be an orc or an auric. Um but it also the they're quite industrialized so it's going to have loads of like heavy armor on them again this grill motif i've got mornfang riding so not mordfang riding but mornfang riders riding wolves opposed to the mornfang models oh, right. Morn, you, Morn, what are you using for that uh the um 40k big wolf bastards Oh, right, yeah. Okay. I think, I think nice. that's what it, I think that's the technical time for them anyway. Yeah. Um, Thunderwolf cavalry coming from a space wolf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 40k, yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm, you, have, you, um, have you bought them yet? Yeah, I've got them all. It's all done. Oh, um, but man. what I need to do is they need armor sculpting on them and everything. So it's an awful lot of work. So those guys are on the back burner for the moment. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm working on. So the, if you can visualize destruction army where they all look like orcs and they've all got loads of armor drip into the teeth with weapons and stuff dark color scheme bright like fire coming out the 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 joints and stuff in their armor that's that's what i'm working on um sounds good man that's really good fingers crossed i can get it done for face hammer at the moment i've got a gray undercoated mega boss that's been converted um so yeah we'll 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 see how that goes um (laughs) so um, I think actually what we'll do now we've now we've done that little bit of coverage. Um, I'm just going to kind of give a review of Brothers of Sigma. Um, obviously, you two dickheads. I don't know what the hell you two were doing, but you weren't there. Um, it was put on by um, John Warmington. He ran it last yeah. year um, at the Bristol Independent Gaming Venue, uh, which unsurprisingly is in Bristol. Uh, commonly referred to as Big. Um, last year, I went up with the one and only Dom Hook. Who, interestingly, I've got is, is stag do this weekend, so that should be legit. Um, and we came second with a kind of a we both nice. had mixed mixed chaos lists and, and only lost out to the winners. Um, I don't want to go over the gaming too much, but a really really good time, um, kind of in the running for the painting side of things as well. So that was always good. Um, which I believe Chris took it out in the end, if memory serves, but I'm not not certain. So it was being rerun this year. Dom wasn't up for it, so I went up with the probably the most prolific army painter i know paul buckler uh top dogger runs the dorchester wargaming club um or, or paul buckle of warhammer fame uh warhammer tv fame uh, <laughs> he's he he i think he just had the first painted caradron army he cracked him out he's very much a, an army painter um gets colors yeah. on gets them washed does a highlight gets some on his sweet felt basing and um just gets playing really um so he was my 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 teammate for the weekend and i went with um we were talking lists for quite a while and i settled on um order uh and went stormcast because i've got shit out of stormcast stuff and i don't know why it just seemed funny to put a star drake in thousand points so 600 points in my thousand point list was a star drake um who I had as my general originally, um, and two units of five judicators and a relictor. 
which we then changed because in John's mental scenarios, in the first scenario, you didn't deploy your general. So I would have been <laughs> 600 points down in the first game, which is a bit crazy. Um, so it's a doubles event, um, 1,000 points each. Uh, you had one general between the two of you. And I painted up my Stormcast, which are in a Scythes of the Emperor colour scheme, if you're aware of that. So it's basically yellow body, yellow head, uh, black arms and legs. Sounds a bit weird, but I really like it. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, it's striking. I like yellow and black. They go really well together. So, yeah, it looks really nice. What um, yellow do you use? Uh, it's Uriel Yellow. Um, through an airbrush presumably yes through an airbrush benefits of airbrush yeah. there you can use whatever colours you want um, I didn't go for my standard Halfords grey primer undercoat because it's yellow uh, you need to be careful yeah. so that's Halfords white it's not actually an undercoat it's just a white spray um, but it seems to work fine um, Uriel straight over the top um, and the only other thing I did is um with the yellow armor, it's really at a stage where I just did a selective wash um, with uh, Seraph and Sepia. That was it. I didn't, you know, oh, right, wash okay. the whole model all over. Uh, the black is a bad and black, an army painter paint because sorry, not it's not a bad and black. Bad and black is GW and it's shit. That's that's what I use. If you can't, I like, I, I I like it. I don't see how. If an area is white and you paint a bad and a bad and black over the top of it, it doesn't cover it. Yeah, it's shit. So anyway, yeah. I would recommend, and I'm sure you'd stick to it if I if you did try it out. The Army Painter Black is a recommendation. So um, what I use, yeah, it's it's just just so good. Um, and drop a bowls for the win as well. Um, and the idea was that I did want to get the army done for the event, but I was getting to the point where I was rushing, and I'm like, look, I'm not gonna, uh, I'm not gonna rush them out. So I got them to a good standard. I got them all base coated and got the washes down. Um, then started adding a one stage highlight and everything. So everything's been done. Um, obviously with the dragon, it's tough because it's such a big model. It, it shows that up more. Uh, I mean, John said to me at the event, if the dragon was finished like the judicators, then I think you might have had a shot at winning. And I pointed out that they're all at the same stage, which is quite interesting. Um, so gaming, gaming wise, super happy with the army. I can spoil it because we don't really care about the gaming. So we came second, which was which was really good. So Paul was my replacement um, replacement Dom. I'm the you know ever want to come second at a team event? You you guys hit me up. I've been the year before um, when it was the tail end of eighth. I came second at whatever it was called then. I can't remember now. You... I, did. I I came second in gaming overall. What? Whoops, whoops Wait, apocalypse or something. That's it. Yeah, whoops oh, apocalypse. Okay, fair. Is that like when I went to the painting masters and won the event but came last because I scored the most VPs? Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've got a second place gaming trophy at home. That's that's amazing. I didn't even know that. That is a revelation. I love it. I know. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, but, but what I wanted to do was talk about um, the armies that were there and everything. I mean, I won't go over all of them, but to be honest, it was such a good field. It honestly felt like, from a hobby perspective, just amazing. There were some, uh, one of the guys had like, um, I mean, it's not my thing. He had the old old metal dwarf army, but they're That's, all the collector's yeah. models, painted really well, 
decent painting, uh, sorry, a, a decent basing scheme. So the, they just looked really good. They were they were shown off to the best. Uh, there was a nice kind of um, free people's empire army there. Um, you know, you had you had Russ with his concept army which is the term everyone uses uh so well he had his concept army in regards to his corn because les was using that uh, terry was using that and um he had his carriage on which he's not finished yet but um there was there was a total of it was five or six painting nominations and uh i got a nomination which was which which was great for me it's always nice it's always nice to get a nomination Um, I knew I was in absolute no... Unless people had strokes by looking at the army and thinking it was amazing, <laughs> then that I might win Best Painting, but <laughs> it was not an expectation whatsoever. Um, when you say strokes... Yeah, they just I just literally looked at the bright yellow army reflecting and it just gave them a stroke. Oh, and they just, like, those type of strokes. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah not, not the kind of, you know, not stroking a cock. Um, <laughs> so the, the nominations that went up um, I want to talk about each in their own way now one thing I want to touch on now is that we are going to have a well we do have a blog um, which is going to be running alongside this show and the idea is that while we're talking if you're able to you can have a look at the photos the models we're talking about so we'll be covering particular painting techniques um, immersion miniature models that we're painting I'll be doing a blog post on my Zul which I finished painting at end of last year he's such an amazing model he's worth kind of doing a little write up on um, and uh, events I want to keep I want to basically create a little record of the tournaments we go to and the armies that get put up get put up for best army and best painted and other things we see there which which think are just generally amazing um, yeah sounds good yeah you know, that's the idea behind that so that again it will be linked in the um in, in the show notes for you to have a look um so the first army that was up was richard soresco uh, uh who's obviously giving me shit for not pronouncing his name but it's a podcast mate it's soresco live with it um he had his mixed chaos uh with him uh, i don't know if you two have seen this in person yeah, didn't he? He had, um, he had it at Tommy B, didn't he? Yeah. So Pretty he's. Sure. I don't think I've seen it. No. This one particular one. Well, I've seen like, it. A... a little bit like Ian. He's got a lot painted, like a lot, and he's switching out in and out quite a lot. Um, and it's all in this kind of muted grey colour scheme um, for the majority of the, the areas of the models. Um, and it just looks great. I mean, it's blended really nicely. Yeah. Uh, there's some nice conversions in there. Um, some of the bits, uh, you can kind of either tell he hasn't enjoyed it as painting certain models as much, or he's maybe rushed them a bit. He had a style of the Faithless, for example. Um, but his army, it, to be, it's, it's tough at a thousand points because the armies don't display overly well. Um, so where he had a converted Bloodthirster, he was using a Scar brand on the wrong size base. Um, a big unit of blood letters, uh, which for some weird reason he doesn't like the penis heads, so he just doesn't glue them on. So they've got oh. like half a head. It's a bit weird. It's a bit <laughs> weird. Yeah. But they're painted nicely. But yeah, it's a bit weird. Um, and a, a unit of Chaos Marauders and Sar the Faithless and a Warp Lightning Cannon. And the Warp Lightning Cannon is like, is a conversion um, based on some of the old Doom metal. Wheel, isn't it? It's kind of like a Doom Wheel Warp Lightning Cannon grinder thing. It's very cool, but it's very unique. Um, so it's a great army from him, and I was chatting to him about it as well. And he says he's just he's he's pretty casual with it, to be honest. He just likes he sees something he wants to add to the army, and he wants to try it out, chucks it in. So he's got shitloads of it painted now. 
Um, okay. Then we had, um, uh, let's obviously cover myself. Um, we had Rich. Um, two guys I haven't actually, I don't think I've really met them before. Uh, a guy called Tom Wall um, on Twitter. He's Tom underscore Maggot. Um, Maggot's not his last name. It's just Tom Maggot. Um, he's got an Iron Jaws army. And he's kind of new to um, AOS. He was saying that he he wasn't playing from the start. So he just looked at the models that looked sweet. And unsurprisingly, it was Iron Jaws. Um, yeah. And he Good said he, was, he really wanted to paint white. So he went, he's gone with like a quartered Ooh. white and blue and blue colour scheme. Uh, oh, the Blackburn ones. Yeah, I don't, I don't know footballs. So I, I'm possibly Blackburn, if that's the thing. Um, yeah, so he's executed them really well. Um, Chris was saying he knows the models particularly well, so he was having a look, and you know, even like the backs are you know, painted to a really good standard as well. Um, quite a striking army, but it's tough for Iron Jaws because they don't stand out. You know, a thousand points, it's it's all kind of mono level. Um, yeah. Did he have Gorgrunters? No, no Gorgrunters. It was just yeah, they, um, yeah, they're very one level. Them, yeah, it's just it's yeah. just all brutes. He had he had done something a bit unusual with the units of brutes, where he'd used a, a ghrelin earth, so they were kind of coming out of like dried earth. But some of the I didn't quite understand. One of the units of brutes kind of felt like it was just made from leftover bits, like ones like a brute arm coming out the earth. It's just a bit bit weird. It looked great, but just bits like that was a bit jarring for me. So I personally couldn't couldn't vote for it for painting. Um, and then had his mate Dan with him, uh, Dan Hadder, I think it is. And it's it's uh, on Twitter, it's at Dan, H-A-D-E-R-T-P-T. He's got some photos up on there. Now, Dan was um, my choice um, to win uh, the best army. Um, really good, really striking, nicely, cleanly painted, good colour choice Stormcast army. Um, apparently, accidentally come across the Celestial Vindicator colour scheme, which is the kind of the turquoise and the white, because uh, his girlfriend picked those colours. He didn't know it was, he didn't know it was the Vindicators when he was painting it, which is just mental. Did he have the um, was that the one that had the sort of the yellow to red blended weapons? Yes. Uh, yeah, that's Spoiler. right. That's right. Good spot. So I, I really Very like cool. those. I really like those. They were to me kind of looked like. Like like holy weapons or like like yeah. uh, like like yeah. a sunburst kind of effect. It was re- it looked really good, and he'd done it on all the weapons across the army. And he said that to be honest, he was he was just he he did the army to try out airbrushing, and that's one of the things he wanted to do. So I think that is a great thing for people. And I do this whenever I whenever I start a new army. Now I tend to go right. What's the one thing I'm going to try that's new? So. Yeah. With my iron jaw, sorry, with my iron jaw destruction chaos, it's about actually I'm going to push myself with the conversions and sculpting armor plates and green stuff, and that's what I want to skill up a bit doing this project, and that's what he chose for that. Um, he was also saying that um, he was learning while painting them as well, like the prosecutor wings, which people talk about. He'd done them like tonal going up, and towards yeah. the end, he said, "I just started, I just started dry brushing them and doing like an airbrush spray from the top to kind of smooth out the transitions, save me loads of time because highlighting those things individuals a killer." Um, so he was my he was my my choice to kind of win it. Um, he wasn't my choice, he wasn't my nomination, but. I thought he had, it just looked good. All sorts of different levels. They had Dracoths in there, big characters, 
brilliant. Consistency was fantastic. Um, what colour were the Dracoffs? Uh, they were a combination. They... Some of them were pale, kind of a pale off white, uh, light green, um, going kind of similar hues around that. Yeah, did the green, the photos, I'm not sure if it's, hmm. were, it was just the photos. I wasn't sure if the green went, like matched, whether it complemented the colour scheme or not. I, was that in? Was that just the photos? Was it? No, no. I I understand what you mean. Um, I, I agree Probably with you. Too close to the turquoise, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, if it was me, I I, I think I would have just painted them one colour, or maybe gone with the main colour. And uh, fading's very popular, um, like on the hands, you know, going out to the nose and the hands and stuff. Maybe fading out to a black, or one fades to yeah. a purple, kind of something like that might have tied it in. That was. Yeah. That's a good good shout, actually. Particularly thinking about it now. Um, yeah, it was really. I liked that army. it was just. It was a crowd pleaser. It looked nice like clean. It. it looked clean as well, didn't it? It was uh, from what I saw of it. I hadn't looked at too many photos, but from from the nomination stuff that you guys put the put you map put up, it, uh, yeah. just nice and just a very efficient use of yeah. uh, techniques and stuff. And yeah, it looked together like really a, well, in it. It looked like a finished thousand points, yes, rather than the step, yeah. rather than the step and stone to two thousand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agree. You look so, like an army. Yeah. You look like a finished yeah. army. Yeah, and I think you know stuff like that at that kind of points level really helps if it looks like you've actually got yeah. an army. Um, then the last two people who got nominated, which I feel they kind of kicked themselves both, to be honest, um, and, I, and I'll mention about that about the nominations as well, was Chris and Aaron. So it's Aaron Bailey, uh, Chris Tomlin of the Black Sun podcast, who we've mentioned. Um, they've been doing this super secret project for the last couple of months, um, which in my head, I just kind of expected it to be kind of this tabletop, decent standard kind of army. Um, I thought they might be doing like a Phoenix Temple, which is all, you know, the um, like Phoenixes and... That's um, what I thought they were going to come Venus out with. Guard, yeah, and there's like a dragon list you can do high elves and stuff. That's what I thought they were doing. Um, but they both shit out fucking zine charmies. Um, <laughs> it was, Sorry. It, was just, it got revealed that it was zinch, and Aaron, like, we, we, we met up, and Aaron was, like, showing me models that he painted. He showed me, like, a blue horror, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool, and he's got blue, and he's faded out to the black hand, so that's brilliant. And he showed me his Skyfires, which we've all seen... Skyfire is painted to get them on the table kind of levels, tabletop, because they're tough models to paint. So loads of details on them. I've not even put a brush near them, and I can tell that. Um, and he kind of, you know, fair play, got all the colours done, got them washed and everything. Um, then they got their armies out, and fuck me, they, they're really nice. They've done a fant- Between the two of them, genuinely really hard to tell between the two armies because they'd painted them up as a joint force that was the idea behind it you know it, it looks like one army it's literally it's virtually a mirror match of each other at a thousand points they've both got nine skyfires each but he bagged bag of dicks they are bag of dicks filthy army and painted nicely as well um for me it was pretty clear that chris's was the best of the two um if you could if you're gonna kind of pick at it uh, simply because aaron hadn't managed to get the Skyfires up to the same level as the rest of his models. Um, he also ran out of snow, so some of his models just didn't have snow on the bases. Um, but they laid it all out together. They shared a bit of black, black cloth, hashtag you know, black cloth wankers, and put their two armies out. Um, and, yeah, I mean, they basically said that they just... 
they really they went to South Coast, um, and they really really liked the look of the Zine Charmies, and um, they just decided they were going to do Zine Charmies for this, and they wrote lists and they were filth. We were like, wow, we can just push these around, smash people, and we can put effort into to painting the armies as well. Um, they, they've gone with um, the the, the Zangor are really nice, and they've done gone for like natural skin tones, like the brown, yeah. like almost like beast, literally like beast men, rather than the bright colours that everyone's done each. Um, and the fading is quite popular, so that's the whole, you know, you, your body's pink and it fades out to black on your hands, um, yeah. which which I did similarly with my my blood letters. But I've got an airbrush. It's, it's, well, it's so easy. But you, you achieve it by doing washers normally. But yeah, really nice, really nice striking armies. Um, and uh, uh, to be honest, they, they are both planning to expand them out to 2K as well. So that, that's that's good too. It'd be nice to see them finished because they're going to be fucking in contention for best painting when they've both got them done. Um, I don't know what you guys thought. <laughs> what would you think of the two armies and kind of the idea of having an army painted in virtually the same as like your teammate? What were your thoughts around that? Um, I really like the idea. It's something I'd probably never do because I wouldn't have the... You don't like sharing? No. I, but it's that. And um, <laughs> I don't think I'd be able to get it done in time. Fair enough. Kind of with a, I mean, you so could... Because it's, kind of, it's kind of it's six or seven. Four, well, it's 4,000 points for me. is about four yeah. or five months. Yeah. Okay. So it's yeah, quite the... Yeah. You can so. prep for next year. Yeah, this time next year I'll be... Um, Millionaires. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, possibly next year. Well, he's not, he's not running it next year, so don't bother. All right, okay, I won't bother that. <laughs> what about you? What, what were you, Rob? What do you think of the idea of having these teammate armies? Um, Are we broken you? <laughs> one sort of uh, the only real sort of experience I've got of anything like that was partners in chaos mm-hmm. um, and for me getting my army to a thousand points it was just a se- stepping stone for two thousand and it, yeah. it was a good sort of marker for a deadline for you know then pushing on for two thousand points at south coast um, I'm sure if uh, Ian and I um had planned it, we could have done something for it. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I think, you know, I, you know, both me and Ian have spoken about doing zine charmies, for instance. But I, I know that both he and I are. I mean, I think Aaron and um, Chris are very similar painters as well, and their painting styles yeah. reflect. I mean, the, the thing, and then they're both at, a, oh, I say at a similar level. They both got nominations at South Coast. Um, uh, and you know, this are both very good painters. Um, unfortunately for me, um, with you know, with it with Ian, that there is too much of a gap, I fear. And you know, I think you know, we we, we both work at a, a very at a snail's pace compared to you know, for different reasons, um, compared to pretty much anyone else out there. Um, I just don't think it'd be feasible. I mean, it'd be nice, you know, it'd be nice to sort of, you know, we, we've spoken about it in the past. I mean, it'd be like, I'll convert an army up and you paint it, um, you know, and, and sort of perhaps do something in that vein. Yeah. And perhaps play, you know, play a doubles event where, you know, I've, I've sat there and, and converted a load of stuff and then Ian's, Ian's done a magnificent paint job on it. But then when you look at that, who who owns the army? Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. You know, what, what Chris and Ian have done. Point, 
yeah. So what Chris and Aaron have done is, is you know, I, I thought it was going to be, um, you know, either Phoenix Temple or Sylvaneth. Obviously, Chris has, but I knew that the, the styles that obviously Aaron had got most of his Sylvaneth stuff done, and the style that Chris wanted to do with his with the ghost ghost trees, um, you know, was, was was a different thing. So it was quite surprising to actually see that they picked Siege because again, but I, they're, they're not really either of them known for doing really filthy armies as well and for both of them to rock up with Chris is historically, he's back to his old Lizard Man really? days where he used to just strut right. around saying, I don't see me losing a game but but anyway <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, I, think it's an, I think it's an interesting concept um, yeah, no, it's fair play to him I think it's, yes, I think it's cool if they were you know, both on the same page and they wanted to do it, fantastic um, I mean, uh, there, there was only one winner for Best Army um, and it was uh, Dan won it. I mean, like I say, you know, I fully expected it to be Dan, um, well-deserved yeah. winner. I think he was super chuffed to, when they announced it. He, he was he had like um, I think he said it was like a Michael Jackson moment or something. He was just sat there and they called him and he was like just ignoring them for a second. It was like slightly awkward for a minute and then he stood up just to make sure it was actually him that won it, which is pretty cool. <laughs> I think he came third at Raw as well. So, you know, fair play to him. It's a, it's a really nice army. It does, you know, it does deserve to be winning these awards for sure. Um, so, That's awesome. I mean, just, 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 just a quick one. What, um, where is he? Do you know where he's from? Uh, is he a crystal lad or is he Scandinavia? Or is he I don't know. Really? I didn't, no. mate, <laughs> I it's not, it's not <laughs> Tinder. I wasn't asking them what their favourite meal was, you know, well, where, no, where whether, they whether live. Or we, whether or not we see this army going forward, it would be nice to see it in the I, flesh, I, you know? I think we will. I mean, they both. I think they both said they're talking about doing Raw and Face Hammer. So, well, right, Face Hammer, cool. you'll definitely get to see it in person. And he's, he said he's got about three thousand points or so painted. So, oh, nice. yeah, it's definitely going to be about. Um, but yeah, so Dan, Dan won that. Very, very well deserved. Um, Chris and Aaron not only got nominated, but also went and fucking won the event as well, didn't they, bastards? Um, although me and Paul beat them. Um, and as I said, I think they kind of shot themselves in the foot because they, they both put their armies up for nominations, which is cool. But we got the results back and they both got five. Weirdly, uh, they both got five nominations each. Um, so if you think technically one of them could have not put their army up and they could have got 10, which means they would have won. I'm firmly blaming that on Aaron because... <laughs> His, his army wasn't as finished as Chris's. No, I'm joshing him, but it, it's great to get nominations. You know what it's like. You know, it's yeah. it, it's nice to get that bit of recognition. So well done to them. I mean, it's fantastic. You know, Brothers of Sigmar, if John does run it in the future, I'd encourage you to go. It's a great hobby spectacle. There were some great tables there as well. Great atmosphere, plenty of drinking. It's bring your own booze in Bristol. So if it does come up, we will kind of push people to in that direction to go. You two need to get your act together and come along as well. That'd be really good to see like a doubles event. Um, I have potentially mentioned that if he doesn't do it next year, I might do it. I Ooh. might run it, but I probably wouldn't do so it in Bristol. We, we, we could we could do that. I'd probably, we could all we could. Do, I'd probably make it way. Oh, I don't know, Swansea. <laughs> it's not that far away, mate. We're not doing it. We're not, I'm not running an event in Swansea. Um, but anyway, that's... We, that's, we can run around. That's, that's spinning, a, spinning a teaser for the future. Um, just, yeah, just, you never know. You never know what happens. Just keep a lid on that. Um, well, to be honest, I think what we'll do, if we take another quick break there, um, I don't know if you guys, anything you wanted to say, what you saw about the event, if it encouraged you to do anything. 
it looked good actually. The the all the nominations look solid. Yeah. So it was kind of it's. What, I, what would have been your pick if you were there? If you were uh, the Stormcast. Yeah. Yeah. Rob. Yeah, I think just um, you know seeing just them. And I, well, no, just you know having a I, I, I do like this whole um, the like not pink pink horror thing that people are doing at the moment. Yeah. Um, where they're making them look a bit more demony. I know that we've uh, had a bit, a couple of people had a bit of back and forward on Twitter about. There's one guy, JP Miniatures, I think he's on Twitter, where right. he's done the blue horror, where he's done pink horrors, where he's um, he's sort of gone over the eyes, so they, they haven't got any eyes. Yes, Chris and Aaron are both talking about that, saying they really yeah. wish and, and, beforehand. And with and with that pale then flesh kind of colour scheme rather than a bright pink, that's you know that's a, that's a great idea for for those models. Um, that, yeah, no, I, I, I don't. That's a matte line yeah. TM flesh colour, that. Yeah, that I, I thought, I thought, I thought those, those were great. I mean, uh, Richard's Army, you know, again, seeing some of it at, at Tommy V as well. Uh, but, you know, I, I did like that as well, and that got nominated down in Tommy V as well. And yeah. um, it's nice to see someone that, I mean, you know, that I haven't heard of before necessarily come away with something or, you know, just a new face, as it were, or someone with mm. their... Yeah, no, definitely. There's an army like that, you know. Um, everything new is great. I mean, if we were doing best painting nominations between all the armies that we've all seen before, it kind of gets a bit boring, really. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Right. Well, we'll um, we'll take another little break there, and uh, we'll come back with some uh, some listener questions. Bye. Hey. Okay, so um, we're back, and we had loads of shit organised. Um, we had stuff planned out, and I'm sure these two would agree. They had their own little sections, and they were going to talk about different bits and bobs. Um, then all you dickheads go, went and chucked loads of really cool, good, well-thought-out, interesting questions on Twitter. Um, bastards. So... It's been like the only podcast we do for six months, because we run out of content <laughs> after all of this. That's it, it's done. I'm just going to burn through it. See you in 2018. Yeah. South Coast GT review. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that's that's not happening that's not happening no but it, it, you know we've got some great questions so thank you for everyone who sent one in um and we're just going to go through those to be honest i mean we've got quite a lot we're not going to do them all today i'm going to pick some that i feel kind of with a starting out it kind of feels feels like a right fit some of them are a bit more in depth spray painting sorry spray fucking spray paints um airbrushing um <laughs> <laughs> airbrush and just 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 spray paint just spray got different coloured cans I know, I, know, I know Ben Curry did something on terrain but you ain't gonna do it minis um we'll, we'll do some prop me and Rob will talk about some some airbrushing um and um I'll link to some of my YouTube videos I've done and kind of we'll get some blog posts up so we'll give that proper amount of consideration on there um but one of the things that um, is actually a little bit of a pattern, a couple of the guys asked this. So Matt Darkins, who's one of the Dogger guys, um, he mentioned this, uh, along with Matt Clark as well. So, you know, they're mates, which is cool. But um, they both kind of hinted about the brush care. Um, so Matt, for example, said, uh, really basic stuff. I've never considered brush care before. Would love to know what you uh, do to look after brushes as he goes through them. Also, how uh, we'll cover the, the weathering in a minute. Um, and Matt Clark, he just came back with saying, um, oh, no, Matt was talking about fucking lighting. He wasn't even talking about brush care. Ignore him. Um, so if we just go over the, br the, the brush care, I, I personally... Um, 
I, I always keep hold of a brush. I don't really chuck paint brushes away. I don't know if you guys do. I quite the opposite. I you just burn through them. them. No. I just burn through them. Yeah. So I'm not the best person to ask this question to. No, it's just because brushes in general, you just burn through them and chuck them out. Um, I keep them <laughs> until they are totally knackered. Because a on the verge of them being rubbish, they still got uses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but normally they last um, don't know, six weeks, two months, something like that. Okay. Wow. Fucking hell. Yeah. Rob, what about you? I don't paint enough to, to warrant uh, answering <laughs> this. Um, I bet your paintbrushes have still I, got those little plastic covers over the top, haven't they? I have got every single paintbrush I've ever bought, apart well, not ever bought, but bought since I've got back into it. As they, if they came with a little plastic thingy, I've still got it. On. Oh, um, that's crazy. It's, 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 that's more of an OCD thing. Um, the uh, no, I, I think I'm probably on the other end of the spectrum to Ian. Like he, he will. I have, like he will come out with fantastic results using just basic games workshop stuff and you know not not having to shell out loads on Windsor Newtons or Raphaels or Da Vinci's or anything like that whereas I'm completely the opposite what, I'll, I'll, I'm, no yeah yeah, just, yeah. And then, you didn't bother the Michelangelo's or the Leonardo's <laughs> never heard the of Michelangelo and Raphael brushes before no no Ra- no, no they're Da Vinci's and Raphaels they're right. two different brush makes yeah but um no i i, I is there a I, shredder I, one well there's no there's not that's the dry brushes um no i i, I uh, look after my brushes again i don't paint enough really to to knacker them out i'm obviously Ian's far more prolific than i and uh yeah i i've got a, a substantial collection of brushes fair enough well just talking about brush care um i'm I'm in the middle, but kind of swing more towards Rob's side of things. So um, it's only really in the recent recent couple of years that I've done it where I've actually started paying more for brushes. So I've in the, historically just used the GW brushes because that's what's freely available. Um, I then discovered Rosemary & Co. Um, and they're my go-to brushes. They're kind of like a mid-range brush. Very good. You order, obviously order them online, Rosemary & Co. Um, and I, in the past, have used Windsor & Newtons, which I do love. I do really love them, but they're just expensive. Um, and it, it kind of, I think it's something that comes with spending more money on brushes. You kind of want to look after them more. Um, and the things I would say is, first off, buy yourself the uh, the the BJ, I don't know why it's BJ, Ben Johnson, blowjob, whatever you want, uh, the Masters brush cleaner and preserver. Uh, you get it off eBay. Um, I've got a pot of something in front of me. It's like in ounces. You don't need a massive one, to be honest. And literally, all you do is you just get your brush and you, you, you rinse the brush in warm water and you just kind of like run it around in the brush soap. Um, you kind of get it into a lather and then you kind of rinse it off and then you just do that as much as possible and the idea behind it is um, and this is the key to brush maintenance um, you damage your brush by getting paint into the body uh, I think it's the, is it called the ferrum so basically yeah, underneath the ferrule. the ferrule underneath the metal part of the brush that's what damages the brush so it forces the bristles apart um, all sorts of issues what this does, it helps get the paint out there. And it really does. It really, really does. Without a shadow of a doubt, it helps get the paint out there. But there's things you can do to help that. First thing is don't put any paint at that end of the brush. Just use the tip of your brush. Sounds silly, but it works. Um, 
the other thing is wash your your water pot, rinse it out quite often. Um, don't sit and have like a six hour painting session. You know, actually get up and rinse out your your, your water every now and again you know if you're gonna make a cup of tea wash out your water because if you can imagine you're putting your brush in the water with loads of paint swirling it around and then you're wiping it off so inherently it's going to absorb whatever paint is sitting in the water as well so that's what i'd say with brush care um if you are some godlike creature who can actually keep hold of those little plastic covers uh, use those i'm sure there's no harm i'm looking at my paint brushes and i have zero they're all over the floor <laughs> The same one from here, but it's not my paintbrush. <laughs> but yeah, the the the, the Ben Johnson. Well, I call it. I'm going to call it the Ben Johnson, the Masters Brush Cleaner and Preserver. That's worth picking up. Clean out your water, and I guarantee you, between those two things, your brushes will last a lot longer. That's good. Um, I'd like to point out, I don't change my water very regularly either. So that. So. What brushes do um, you use? I'm, I could I could just imagine you um, buying works ones. And I use Games Workshop because they're easily to get. See, I find GW one shit. Like, I, I swear find... they get damaged in transport. Yeah, you got to be... I don't... I always look at the... I always look at them before I buy them because some of them are just dreadful from the beginning. Yeah. But they... Yeah, I find them... Not in my hands anyway. There's not much difference between those and more expensive brushes. I mean, a good, a good place to pick up decent brushes. Sorry to butt in. Um, is uh, the range? Uh, they actually do. Uh, they do a series of. It's not the Masters Winds and Newton series, obviously, but they do a series of different Winds and Newton brushes um, and synthetic ones as well. Which um, you know, there's this whole sort of you know the, the sable brushes and all the rest of it, and it's a little bit. You know, it's kind of. A little, a tiny bit overrated, um, as far as uh, you know uh, whether you need them or not. And if you're going really, really small, then the the there's like a series they do, which is like I've got one in my hand now actually, which is a Spectre Gold, which is a sable and synthetic mix, and then and it's a it's a five zero brush. Um, so really good for sort of dotting eyes and uh, doing freehand work. I actually used one on the Lawmasters tabard um, where I did the freehand there. They um, they've got quite a big reservoir on the brushes, which is sort of um, a lot of people look at brushes and think, oh, it needs to be really fine and really thin. But actually, no, it doesn't. It's only the tip. Yeah. It's the tip that matters. Um, and actually, having something that's probably a little bit bulkier than you probably would have thought is better because it holds more paint. Yeah. Um, and uh, therefore it doesn't dry as quickly as well, and that, that actually helps with you know the longevity of your brushes. Yeah. Well, I use a one and two to do most of my painting. But anyway, I don't want to get distracted by brushes themselves, brush brushes. Questions. So, and it was actually Tom Hewitt. He he tagged it onto the the end, the end of one of his questions about about brushes, brush care. So thanks for that. It's brilliant. And um, one I do. Thanks for the logo as well, Tom. Yeah. Thanks for oh, fucking amazing, isn't it? It's so good. Yeah. Need to pay him for that, but yeah. That'll be sorted when this comes out. Um, the next question I really do want to cover, which is actually from Steve Foot, um, and he's asked, best painted or best army? Both valid, question mark. What's the difference? Please discuss. Now, I'm going to take the lead on this because I did actually talk about this at the weekend, and my perception of it is as follows. Um, best army for me takes into consideration 
everything you do to your army. So the amazing conversions, the kit bashers, the basing, the presentation, um, the extra influences you've got in regards to color schemes, all these amazing things that makes, you know, these Call it coolest armies, really. I think it's probably the best for coolest army. Makes an army cool. It, it really gets across this this kind of theme that it's going for. For me, I want all awards to be best army. Okay, because it, ta- it tells people when they're, especially if they're doing players' votes, that it takes into account all those different factors. Now, when you say best painted, it's kind of weird because what do you mean by best painted? If the way I look at it is, if you've got, say, um, Bro- uh, uh, Byron, okay, and he's painted his, he's got his, his lovely high offs, and they are the best version of blending I have seen, okay? So you could say that's the best blended model, technical skill blending you've seen. So it's the best painted blended model. If you've then got Russ, uh, I don't know why both these examples are from the Facehammer podcast, but they are. Uh, but if you've got Russ with his chaos, um, his bloodbound, where I would actually say hit, they are the best dry brushed models. So they are the best level of dry brushing I've seen. How do you choose between the two? Because you can't. Because if one's the best of each different technical technique, you can't choose between the two armies. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to be quite controversial here. Oh, oh, um, go on. I think coolest army is far more subjective than best painted. You think? I think, yeah. I think if if you best painted, you can almost hold. If you imagine you're going and getting your, you know, you're going decorating your front room and you've got a swatch from Dulux and you hold it up to the thing and like, and you go right okay well that's that colour that's that colour that's that colour if you ha- if you imagine a technique swatch as it were you go right like you just said that's the, that's amazing blending that's amazing dry brushing that's that that it's 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 a lot more cut and dry than the perception of what's cool you think that makes sense. I, I, I do. I, I think. I get. Cool, I get what you. I get what you well, mean. Like, 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 like if, if someone's like technically best painted, like, and, and you two are a perfect example of it. Your Ian's army is was technically the best painted army at South Coast. Yours was for overall wow factor and coolness and the effort and everyone. Everyone in that building knew how much extra effort you put into it yeah. the fact that you even turned up dressed as a Cthulhu cultist on day <laughs> one right so but and so but you've got a room of very like-minded people otherwise we wouldn't all be in that room so yes coolest army you could argue that it's in in the sort of uh, uh, the, the, the what's the word the sort of arena of, of, of people that you've got they're very like-minded, so yes, what is cool to one person in that room is probably going to be cool to the other to ten people down because they find that whole you know, Warhammer's cool to them, right? Yeah. Um, you know, to the layman on the street, you know, what's cool to them is is something completely different. Whereas if you if you had um, a group of 
different types of artists in a room, photographers, painters, sculptors, whatever, they could probably look at Ian's army compared to, say, someone who, you know, let's say another Iron Jaws army that, you know, that I've painted, for example, and gone, technically, that is better than that. Yeah, whereas when you're talking about coolest army, yeah, it's much more. I think I think it's much more subjective. See, I think the problem you get is that first off, people don't appreciate the the, the painting that goes into what is a technically well painted army. I think generally generally speaking, people don't. I think the, the kind of the towards the nomination end and the people who paint, they they can appreciate a technique much better than others. Um, and I think actually, what ends even with best painted, you end up with people they just look at armies and go, yeah, they're not the, these armies are all nicely painted. I'm just going to choose that one because I think it's the best anyway. So this segues onto sorry, this segue on, onto a quick other point, which is why I think best painted. Best painting is probably better off judges' vote, and coolest army is probably better off player vote. I I personally yeah. think that judges' vote is. I always just I I just want judges' vote personally. Yeah. I think the I think the if it best painted and best army. When I say player's choice, those terms are it's just to all intents and purposes the same. Yeah. It's just the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, coolest. It doesn't. It doesn't yeah. It's what captures the zeitgeist of, of the community at the time. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's whether or not... It's, it's not just that. It's, you know, you, you've got the whole bases, faces, dinosaurs and basing. That's my that's my thought. <laughs> you know, make your faces pop, make your basing look great, get some dinosaurs in there. Um, you know, uh, choose a unique colour scheme. You know, all these things help because, you know, I can cite examples where I've had in the past where I've painted like a Dark Elf miniature quickly to get it on the tabletop and then I've taken the photo of the one that I've finished, you know, I've upscaled it and put them next to each other and I've spoken to people and they've genuinely said, I can't tell the difference and it it, it blows my mind, like, whenever it happens but, that you know, there are quite a few people, they just, they don't see the work they don't see the difference, it's just not on their, their, their perceptive scale it's, it's it's unusual so i think actually the biggest thing to take away from it is ian's comment which is and i i actually 100 percent agree with that if it's player vote then it's going to be best army even if you put best painting in yeah yeah so, that's when it comes to the if it's a judge's choice yeah i think that it's much more it could potentially be that way it becomes more controversial. Yeah. If it's called best painted and it's something that could be perceived as not the best painted but the best army yeah. wins. So if it's not it's I yeah, I would just personally I just call it um Best Army. I think. Yeah. Okay, best okay, Army okay. on yeah. Then you've got I mean, not not that I've got a vested interest in this, but <laughs> someone that who's um potentially not you know, it's like right, and I love him to death, right? But Ming, oh, there were armies that didn't podium at South Coast that were better, technically better painted. I than think his. the thing with right? Ming's but armies... But he had an overall, yeah. like his conversions were on point. You know, he, he'd obviously spent a lot of time um, 
focusing on certain techniques like the, the, the like i said to him when, when when i was looking at his army like the pictures it's one of those armies that pictures just do not do it justice mm-hmm. uh, the, the work that he's done is non-metallic metals and stuff and all the rest of it is is great and his conversions some of his conversions actually although nick to the demon prince head idea from mine um which I had a bit of banter with him about, but like, like his Demon Prince conversion is amazing. The, the use of the uh, exhaust from the Mauler Fiender's choir things on this Celestial Demon was inspired. You know, that there's some, you know, overall it was, you know, to me that's like best army. Do you know what I mean? Like, whereas Mark Wildman, you know, he's going get all that modeling effect on his, on every single demon that he painted on there. That's just mental. Yeah. You know, like, I, I, you know, and, you know, I know he obviously he came second, but the, the, there was, to me, there was slightly technically, perhaps technically better painted armies than the Mings that, that could have finished ahead of him, but because yeah. he had the overall effect, that yeah, probably see, got him more, my, and well-deserved as well, you know? Yeah, I mean, my thing with it is, as, as I've said, it, it's hard when you talk technical, because that's, that's, funny enough, what always comes up whenever you talk about best painted, it always comes up about technical, what's technically the best painted. And, you know, part of that can be subjective if you... If you struggle with a particular technique, then you're more inclined to vote for that than others. I mean, Ming's is a great example of an army that's got, you know, it ticks all those right boxes. There are areas on that army which are severely lacking, but the vast majority of it is painted to a high. And then some of it is the freehand's phenomenal and the effect it's gone for. It just works really well. You know, it is that soul grinder with the the, the spirit faces in it and stuff is amazing. I mean, it it was really good. How do you how do you like people to look at your army, Ian? Um, I don't really know. I haven't thought about it. I think it's something that's you can have things that are technically well painted mm-hmm. that just don't suit the army. Yes. So if you do something in, in that's technically very good, but if it's in the um, a colour scheme that just doesn't suit it, then that's not better than a army that's technically less well done but the whole thing looks right yeah so you're kind of talking so it's very it's very very subjective yeah it is yeah it really is you want to get the you want to get the combination of the the technical ability the color scheme and all the extra bits as well so the so the odd conversion the basin so it's that's when it becomes i think this is very much on the judge's choice side of it yeah on the then, player's choice, you can't, you know, it's one of these things where you, you can never can't tell because people make up their own minds for whatever reason. And unless you do a survey of why they voted for everything, you never will know. Yeah, yeah. No, I so agree. Maybe we'll start doing surveys. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah. Um, we'll move on to the next question because I think we could probably discuss that quite a bit more, but I think we'll just end up fighting. Um, <laughs> it's not a bad thing. Um, we'll do a couple of quick ones, which is Scott Smith. Um, he's come with plastic glue or super glue. Settle the question once and for all. Brackets. I know the right answer. Depends on what you're gluing. I mean, you know, if you're, you're gluing plastic stuff, you will. Yeah. If, if you're um, if you're gluing, you know, if you're if you're doing a main assembly of a of a plastic model, like you know, a big like Archeon or you know, uh, you know, Bloodthirster or Lord of Change or, or whatever, then plastic glue, isn't it? But if if you're doing, you know, if you're gluing metal to resin, then you don't want to use polystyrene cement necessarily. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, well, they're saying that that um, the, I think it was something that um, Ben Curry covered off in one of his um, Bad Dice Dailies um, was the Mitre Bond um, with uh, yeah. you get the, the activator yeah. and the the glue all in one, uh, well in one pack, it's not all in one bottle, but um, you know that that's that's certainly helped a, a great deal with with stuff as well, and especially when if you're doing bases beforehand, you want to get stuff done to to bases. I mean, the my Sylvanus Prime, it he isn't actually pinned, as uh, Mike Clark will know, to the the swirling tree base thing that I've done for him. That's actually just that's activator and mitre bond. And oh, wow. Apart wow. from a apart from a uh, a big swipe from him on the one of the games that we played, knocking mm-hmm. it over. It's it's uh, it's it survived pretty well, you know. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's horses for courses, and I don't think it's necessarily one thing better than the other. Uh, you know, if you're gluing, if you're doing sub assemblies and you're gluing painted stuff to painted stuff after you've painted it, um, then yeah, you don't really want to go with plastic glue, even if it is a plastic miniature, because you just ruin the paint job. But um, you know, yeah, that's kind of my take on that. Ian, what about um, yourself? I like um, I like plastic glue because I, I like the welding it does. So because it melts the plastic, I guess we just know the gaps. Yeah, it does weld. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, it, it fills in. You can run a seam of it um, down a gap, and you can just file it away, and there's no gap there anymore. So yeah, I use that quite a lot. Um, so obviously there are situations where you can't use it but mm-hmm. it's quite good I, I haven't tried it but I heard somewhere or somebody pinned in using plastic rods and plastic glue right and then it welds it everything's melted together Interesting. it's quite strong then Interesting. But I haven't tried it myself so I don't know if it works well or not maybe we'll try it in the future yeah get a crack well my my own opinions on plastic glue are very well known um i've been a i have been a super glue aficionado for many a year um uh, particularly there's a there's a newish product on the scene which is the gorilla glue super glue don't know if either of you's ever used that before um it's really good it's got like a a resin built into like in in the glue so it's kind of a little bit like plastic glue so it kind of gives it something to grab onto and it really holds strong it's really good for basing like putting rocks and stuff on it's good stuff um but recently, I've started using plastic glue, um, Ooh, which for many, yeah, many a year I've avoided doing so. And mostly because when it was when plastic glue was about when I was hobbying, it was shitty little tubes, like tiny toothpaste tubes of it, and you'd get a bit out, and it would like string out everywhere, and it just ruined. It was just horrible stuff to use. But there's now that. Revel. Is it Revel? 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 Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, it's basically the same thing. It's the contactor professional. It's basically got a long metal tube on the end um, with a cap, and it just means you get your precision off it. And it's fucking brilliant. It's really, really, really good. Really annoyingly, it's really, really, really good. I still have a problem with plastic glue, but now it's not from me using it. It's from other people using it. Um like it just ruins the second hand market for eBay. The amount of models that look decent and have got them and they've just been destroyed by plastic glue. It's just horrible. I hate it. Um so the misuse of plastic glue is something that I'm I'm passionate about. Um uh, and also um 
I use BioStrip to strip a lot of models with, which um, a lot of people are using nowadays. It's a fantastic product. But what I've found is that with plastic glue, because of what you've just mentioned there, is that it, it melts, it welds, it creates this bond. If you use BioStrip, yeah, it breaks down the areas that have created that weld. So it basically the areas that it melts just can just fall apart. So I've literally got like storm vermin where it just they just look like they've slightly melted because the biostrip's broken down whatever it is it must react in some way with the plastic and broken down so that's just a bit of a tip i've come across recently very careful with biostrip if you know the models have been put together with plastic glue um so we can't really settle that one i'm afraid mate because we're all using plastic and super glue nowadays because there's a good plastic glue product that's that's just the way it is, really. It is. Yeah, yeah unfortunately. Um, what I will say, we've got loads and loads and loads of questions here, like some really good ones, but one I do want to kind of hit on is kind of the last one. And we're going to, a lot of these are similar theme, a lot of talk about concepts and army planning and motivation, which are all great concepts for us to kind of discuss in the future. Um, but it's actually um, Ben Chalk. What he's asked is, do you think consistency in colour, scheme, basing, painting needs to be a thing in event packs with allies becoming a thing in General's Handbook 2? So that's interesting. It kind of goes back to the point you just made earlier about voting for best armies, the idea that an off-colour scheme could knock it awry. I mean, what do you guys think? I think, personally, I'm going to have the allies in the same basin as the rest of the army and have it um, so they all tie in with the colour scheme somehow. So it's going to look like one big force rather than allies. Yeah. Um, I can see if if it was allies, if it looked incohesive, I'd probably be less likely to vote for it. Yeah, OK. Yeah. I think your, your, your thoughts are similar to mine. Rob, what, what do you think? Well, you know, basing and colour scheme, why, why, why stop there? Um, as, as you... As everyone who's seen my mixed order army knows that, you know, I, I'd, I'd use allies to almost create new units uh, and and have them sort of substitute whatever they represented or they were meant to represent. So I don't think, um, you know, like uh, I was thinking the other day of, uh, you know, when, when I saw the, uh, you know, I think Gary was saying on 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 his podcast about wanting to get a couple of uh, gargants, as they're now called into a destruction army but wouldn't it be cool having a gargant like with loads of scratch built like, almost iron jaws kind of yeah. armour on it I think Chris saw when he went up to the Warhammer world there's one that they're releasing for the Lord of the Rings that you know heavily armoured massive troll um, that you could potentially use or something like that so for me you know I you know allies would is going to be great because you know it just just sort of like reinforces and, and kind of gives me more free reign to to do stuff with models like that. I mean, I've already got an idea for a, a Sylvaneth uh, Phoenix. Okay. So um, having rather than having flames or sparkly snowflakes coming off it, have you know, incorporate the GW tree kit like I have done with the Forest Dragon base and the Sylvaneth Prime base. So it almost has leaves coming away from the. So the wings, a leafix, a leafix, yeah, a weedix, yeah. or or a a a, a, a fleef, a fleef, <laughs> fleef, fleef. 
Brilliant. It's now officially called a fleet. <laughs> a fleet. Um, but, you know, something, you know, with like a really cool Wild Rider-esque rider as an anointed on it, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. Or, yeah, sounds cool. You know, um, you know, like you, you imagine, um, you know, having a, you know, for, a, you know, all the sort of stuff. I mean, I can imagine, you know, something like a, a shout out to Chris Peach, who's one of the GW guys. Yeah. He's done that fantastic mixed free, sort of free order, people, free people's type thing. But, you know, having a, you know, a, a frigate, but manned with men rather than dwarves mm-hmm. or something, or, you know, loads of different ideas from that. So I think for me, it, it would always go beyond just colour scheme and basing. It just seems like I... a really great opportunity to mix in stuff like that, you know? Yeah, and I I, I do agree. I mean, from what, what you're saying, Rob, um, is obviously a further step from what, what Ian's saying is that, you know, making it co- all coherent. But what you're saying is that you, you really like the, the idea of actually bringing it all together and making it one, co- you know, it will look like it is one literal army and pushing it, pushing the boundary that bit further. Yeah. I think well, I, could, I, could have, I could have painted the silver and prime green if I wanted to. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, I think that in my in my head, that's the that's the top end. That's what I'd love, you know, I'd love to do in each time. Part of me quite because I in a weird way with my with my mixed chaos, I I always kind of had this thought behind the army because it was corn bloodbound with 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 Skaven. And whenever I was writing the list, I was almost like taking like a leader and taking a unit of troops and they're bringing along their warp lightning cannons and their storm fiend friends. And I, I kind of thought of them as allies in the list, really. Kind of, there was a narrative reason for them to be there. They're like, you know, two two armies, two two warlords that are joined together. And I personally think basing needs to be the same. It just flat out. It just basing 100%. needs to be the same. That you, you, disparate basing straight away is going to turn people off. You know, there's absolutely no two ways about it. But at the same time, I think actually colour scheme overall, it's a good opportunity to bring in a nice contrasting colour. So, you know, if your army is white, then you could bring in a a nice dark purple or you could bring in a bright pink. Obviously, a lot works with white, but it allows you to have something that's different, that's the same. So I, I see it from both sides. I think it's a great opportunity to bring in, you know, new interesting models like an orc and goblin army where you've got all blue stone trolls you know it's a very different color um but it will still look cool it'll still look like allies and i yeah. think there's a, a really good use to it but i think the number one rule is the basing just has to be the same you, you yeah. don't don't totally do that and you lose i mean yeah I, I think there's a lot of ways you can look at it but that would be my rob would be my ideal scenario i mean i think a lot of people would probably think that but i do like quite like the idea of just a just a bro coming along with his with his little escort going all right lads let's let's join these boys let's go and kick some fucking heads in you know kind of thing um but yeah the basin just needs to be the same because it just in my head it just doesn't work um, but what we'll, we'll do, we'll kind of call it there for listener questions. But there are loads, and there's some really good ones, some great topics to discuss going forward. Um, so, like I say, keep sending them in if there's anything else you want to ask as well. And we may even do some particular blog posts on the things we've mentioned as you know uh, uh, we'll, we'll as, come, as time goes on. Yeah, I think we'll come, we'll come back to some. You know, don't no one feel disparaged if we didn't uh, cover off your uh, question because there's, there's a lot of rabbit holes that a lot of them present. Um, there's been some great questions, as Matt said. So, you know, we, you know, it's given us it's given us a, a fantastic amount of content to work with over our next couple of episodes as well. So, we'll uh, definitely uh, I'm keen to revisit some of the stuff that people have brought up. So, yeah, 
yeah for sure happy days um so we'll, we'll kind of call it there and what i will say is that um as we've mentioned we've got blackout coming out which is the perfect opportunity for us to record post blackout um so i really want to cover airbrushing but i think blackout's going to kind of push that out of the way seeing as all three of us are going to be at blackout um so yeah any kind of final words guys before we uh, as rob just literally left no no i'm still here <laughs> it just sounds like you, it's like it's like you're fucking just stomping <laughs> around your house <laughs> Looked like um, Elvis had left the building. <laughs> time. No, I just, no, I, just, I, I, I just want to say thank you, thank you to everyone on on Twitter and all the kind words and words of encouragement and the sort of you know the support that everyone's shown you know with with the questions and stuff like that to really sort of get behind us and look forward to what we can do going forward. You know. Yeah, it's been great. I'd echo that. You, Ian, anything you want to add? Um, I'd say thank you if anybody's listened. We're guaranteed at least three listeners because I think we'll all listen to this. Um, I won't. I don't like to sound my own voice. So, so that's one download. Oh, one download less. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, yeah. Do you guys want to shout out your Twitter handles? Mine's um, for some reason after Acton Half. Um, it's going to be changed at some point, but I believe okay. it's useful. So follow him where yeah. you can. Um, Rob. Uh, at Rob Ellis 21. Brilliant. Um, I am um, at Cowboy Boots Matt. Um, I will be saying this on Twitter and making it clear that very few of my tweets will now be going from that account. I will be putting virtually everything through uh, the ProPainted podcast feed. So make sure you follow us. Um, the Twitter handle is, we've got some sweet art on there, as we've mentioned, that's been done for us. Um, and it is just simply at Pro Painted. Um, the header comes up as Pro Painted Podcast, but it's at Pro Painted. Um, you'll find us the episode will be hosted on Podbean, so it will be coming up on iTunes feeds, um, RSS feed, and all that stuff will be sorted. And we will also be on the well, we are currently on the um, forums, so that's the Grand Alliance forums. Um, but yeah, I mean, we don't have dedica dedicated email or anything. Just messages on on Twitter. Um, drop us a message on on the forums if there's anything particular you want to discuss. But at this stage, I would stress feedback number one. You know, let us know what you liked, what you didn't like. We did have plans, but the listener questions literally blew us out of the water. Brilliant. So uh, other than that, uh, um, I just want to say thank you very much for listening, and we we'll look forward to episode two after the very messy blackout. So I'm hoping we have some sweet stories for that. Anything you want, yeah, guys? Thanks a lot, guys. Cheers. Okay, right. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.
but she's written me a note saying, cake me, it's been two hours. Cake and me? And then, yeah, she wants me to go and fetch her a cake. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then at the bottom, she's done a sad face and written, you are a poo-poo face. <laughs> 